Hello, and welcome back to the Payout Podcast with IDF's women's basketball beat writers Amanda Foster, Matt Seabree, and myself. Today, we're going to talk about some Big Ten action while Indiana's win over rival Purdue and preview its games against Illinois and Michigan State. Now, talk about Big Ten action. Matt, what do you got? I mean, just around the Big Ten, yesterday, as of recording on Monday, February 7th, um, Caitlin Clark continues to look like the best player in the country, the best pet player in the conference. She scored 46 points against Michigan, pulled up from the logo on back-to-back possessions with 20-plus seconds left on the shot clock. I mean, IU plays her in a couple weeks. We're not going to quite preview that game yet. But um, she's really good. She looks like the best player in the country. I mean, it, she looks just unstoppable as of late. Back-to-back shots from the low, that's just mean. Yeah. That's just like, all right, I'll show you. Um, yeah. Man, that's just the, so the, cool. The meaner thing about that, though, is that Iowa didn't even win that game. Um, they oh. ended up losing 90-98 to Michigan. And so with that win, Michigan in the AP poll, which just came out earlier today on Monday, moved up to number four, which is the highest they've ever been ranked in program history. Um, Iowa dropped from 21 down to 25 in the AP poll. There are a few other Big Ten teams scattered about. Um, Indiana moved down two spots following they lost to Michigan last Monday and then beat Minnesota and Purdue, so Indiana now sits at number seven. Um, And then not Big Ten, but Tennessee dropped from seven to 13. So just just a bit of some moving around. Women's basketball is crazy, especially Big Ten women's basketball. Anything can happen, Um, like Caitlin Clark losing and scoring over 40 points. Um, so, yeah, the new AP poll also means that uh, all of IU's losses, all three of them, are now against teams currently ranked in the top five with uh, Stanford and NC State, and then of course that Michigan loss last week. It would be a terrible, terrible indictment of Iowa if they were able to slip out of the top 25 while simultaneously having the best player in the country. I would be. That would be bad. Yeah. I would be very upset. Capital would be bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, she averages almost 30 points a game in Big Ten games. Right. You shouldn't be losing. No. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> no, unfortunately, but here we are. And, I mean, we saw Indiana lose to Michigan, and Michi- Michigan is like a big T team. That yes. is a team. Michigan is good. Oof. Um, all right. Now, speaking of games, let us talk about Purdue. Amanda, what have you got to say? I have a lot to say about Purdue. Um, mm-hmm. Not per- Okay, I have a lot to say about the game. Not about <laughs> not about Purdue specifically. About the game. Let me clarify that. Um, it was it was a tough game. It was very intense. It was very fast paced. Very physical. Um, a bit a bit chippy here and there. Um, for everybody who watched knows the some of the shoving and the words exchanged between between the players. Um, I think one key thing to note is the the home crowd it was at Indiana. It was the fifth highest in program history. Um, almost hit 8,000 fans in attendance. Um, and everybody came because they wanted to, because they wanted to watch Indiana women's basketball, which was great because you could tell the atmosphere. Everybody stayed until the very end, and everybody was in it the entire time. Um, given, it, obviously, Indiana did win. They were able to pull out a win, but it wasn't the smoothest. They struggled with turnovers in the fourth quarter after not giving up very many beforehand, which is something that Terry Morin recognized in the post-game press conference. They have to clean it up, specifically Nicole Cordonio-Hillary has to have a bit better ball control. But overall, I think it was a a solid win. They had some good work off the bench with Chloe Moore-McNeil. Allie Popper did a good job 
She held Purdue's leading scorer, Layden, who entered averaging 12.6 points per game to zero points, and yeah, zero, actually, um, and forced three turnovers out of her. Um, but I do think that she needs to step up her shooting a bit more. She struggled against Purdue in both of their games, not being able to make a lot of shots, but she is someone that can really impact the team when she's working well on the offense. Yeah, uh, I mean, Allie Pepper shut down defense, without a doubt. Um, also, off the bench, I mean, you mentioned Chloe Moore McNeil came in, uh, you know, I think played 28, 29 minutes, recorded her first career triple-double, uh, recording career highs with 11 points and 10 rebounds. Um, the Terry Morin said post-game that before the game, she challenged uh, Moore McNeil to be more aggressive getting those rebounds. Uh, she... Morin talked about Moore McNeil's length, um, and you know she clearly is has the uh, has the talent to really help the team in the rebounding department, and also just providing that spark off the bench, which IU has really been missing for a lot of the season. Uh, she's shown that you know she's more willing to take some more shots and drive to the basket as well, and that ended up helping her a lot. Uh, in the game against Purdue, she early on in the game she uh, had a drive to the basket where she drew an and one, um, and that was part of IU coming back from that real early two eight hole that they dug themselves. Um, so that really helped shift the early momentum. And something that I always find funny about Chloe Moore McNeil is she never really shows much emotion out on the court. Uh, very Kawhi Leonard like in that sense. If you uh -huh. have ever seen the picture of Kawhi Leonard dunking while having a completely straight face. That's the kind of thing Chloe Moore McNeil would do. Yeah. She even after that and one assembly hall, all almost eight thousand fans are going crazy. The team's going crazy, totally straight faced. Yeah, that that's really funny. And going going off that a bit with Nicole Cardano Hillary, who had nineteen points, which marked a career high in points in a Big Ten game for her. I noticed down on the sidelines calling it for B Ten Plus. She got when she had a steal running down towards the basket, which she ended up having a layup all on her own, had a little like smirk on her face, and then like completely straight face after, but as she was running, she had a smirk on her face, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and something with Perdonio Hillary, she didn't play against Purdue in the last game at Mackey because of COVID-19, and so this Purdue hadn't seen her before. They didn't know what to do with her, and Coach Gerald said that, I asked her, I was like, what are you going to do about Nicole Cardano Hillary? She was like, do you know? Because I don't know. I have no idea what we're going to do. Like, we're going to try our best, but we don't know how to... Like, nobody knows how to guard her, and she knows how to guard everybody. Yeah, if you haven't played Nicole Cardano Hillary before, don't I don't know how I don't know how you scheme for her. She no. is, it's <laughs> just wherever the ball is, she's going to be. Exactly. I mean, she's just annoying with it. She's a pest. Like, annoying in the best possible way. Yeah. I can say that. She's a pest. She'll get in your face. She'll get the steal. It just looks tremendously awful to have to be, like, be guarded by Nicole Cardano Hillary. And, like, even that post-game press conference, she couldn't help but smile. Like, she was just, like, like you could see it now and again, like, she was making sure uh, Chloe Mark McNeil got her credit, but there was just a smile. And she even did the nene in the <laughs> press conference. She hit the nene. That's fantastic. I mean, you could tell how much she actually, she just loves the game. And obviously all of them love the game. They show it in different ways, but she she's one that she knows her, what her contributions mean to the rest of the team, and I think she's really embraced her role. And I think it's wild how she's the smallest player among IU starters, but she just hauls in rebounds like nothing else because she will just, like, as soon as that ball hits the rim, she will fly 
under the rim for that rebound. Out of nowhere, like blink of an eye. And, yeah. and not only the shortest on IQ's roster, she's usually the shortest player on the court. Yeah. Usually fairly substantially. She's only 5'6". You don't see a lot of 5'6 players uh, out there, even at the point guard position. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as you said, she's still able to compete for rebounds. It's it's Her energy is really amazing. One downside for Indiana against Purdue, I mean, there are turnovers, but the forwards struggled. Amanda, what did you see in that? Yeah, um, most Alexa Goulbe has had a few solid games recently. She wasn't really able to have a huge contribution yesterday, just not really making a ton of her shots, not able to get a lot of chances. And um, I would say, well, obviously it did impact the game, and Keandra Brown didn't play for much of the game at all. Um, it didn't really, it didn't necessarily affect the outcome as much against Purdue because other players were able to step up. Um, but we saw against Michigan that. It really, you need to have your forwards having a good game to really compete against a top team like Michigan. Not Purdue's not ranked. I don't want to say that they're bad because they kept up with Indiana, but it is it's different levels of play in the two teams and overall. Yeah, I mean the not to harp on it every week, but Mackenzie Holmes, she's the best player on this team when she's healthy, and she's the best post player on this team by a decent margin. And without her. It's just harder to match up with some of these Big Ten teams like that Michigan with Naz Hellman. So it, it didn't matter this game. The guards were able to step up, and Purdue was playing a guard-heavy lineup most of the time as well. Um, but, yeah, the forwards, we'll see how they do uh, next game. Moving forward to Illinois. Illinois, I mean, Illinois is not among the Big Ten elite 6-12 overall record. One and six to the Big Ten. Their one win is over Wisconsin. Uh, Amanda, what do you see from the Illini? Um, yeah, I'm... <laughs> it's a Monday. It's... I'm very sorry. Um, We've got the Mondays. It's, we really do. It's Monday afternoon. Anyway, um, one of the big things I see from them is their turnover rate, which is almost 18 per game, and something that Indiana can really capitalize on, like they did against Purdue for the most part. Obviously struggled with their own turnovers towards the end, but overall, turnovers are such a big influence on the momentum of the game that I think um, a stat like that for the Illini is not, obviously not ideal, but it is a, is a good sign for Indiana. Um, I will say that so we, we talked about Minnesota, and we were like, Minnesota will probably be a good game for Indiana to get their get their rhythm back, get their flow back. And then they played Minnesota, and that didn't really happen. And so I'm a little bit hesitant to say that this is going to be a really easy game because they're not going to be playing at Assembly Hall, and they still weren't able to have a great showing, a great rhythm against Purdue. And so I don't think – I think they'll be able to – do well, but I don't want to say that it's going to be a complete blowout. Um, but I do think it's a good chance for the forwards to try to try to get their rhythm back and try to get a little bit more success because um, Illinois is just not they're not in the same scoring range of Indiana. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great point there. Just this game, it's not against a great team, but they just need to get back in a rhythm. They just haven't had that rhythm since they took that 15-day break. Um, and then came back, had the loss to Michigan, iffy games against uh, Minnesota and Purdue. Um, for Illinois, though, uh, they only have one player in double figures, uh, Aaliyah Nye. She's averaging 11.2 points per game. Um, she definitely has, I mean, she's a great player, 
she has the potential to really go off. She hit seven threes in their win over Wisconsin, the only Big Ten win. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Seven threes is a lot. Seven Hitting seven <laughs> threes in a game is really ridiculous. Um, but she also hit six threes in a game against Purdue, and her team still lost by 20. So uh, they'll need her to do really well for Illinois to have any shot of winning, but even if she does do really well, I, Indiana's the better team here. Yeah. Uh, even if she puts up 25-30, Indiana should still win this game. Yeah, I think like you were saying, as long as they find a rhythm and they find their feet under them, then they'll be fine. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Hey, knock on wood. And, yeah, <laughs> but. In, uh, in Big Ten games, Indiana has an average scoring margin of plus 10, and Illinois has an average scoring margin of nearly minus 13. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, 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 that's a 24-point, 23-point difference. I don't think Indiana will lose this game. Yeah, and, I mean, all that scoring could allow more time for the bench. I mean, Matt, what do you think about Indiana's bench? Now that the season has progressed more, Mackenzie Holmes is out. They've had to look to the bench for starting opportunities, but they've also dug a bit deeper into the bench as the season has gone on. What do you see in that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, we saw particularly earlier in the season, felt like the starters were just playing 40 minutes the whole game, all of them. Um, and still, I mean, four of the top 10 Big Ten players in minutes per game are on Indiana. That's a lot. That doesn't happen to most teams. Indiana is playing its starters so many minutes, which is fine when uh, you have a two-week gap between games and you can rest. But when you're playing a whole bunch of games back-to-back, especially with uh, the games that were postponed, if they get rescheduled in this time and there's even less time off, you're, you have to rely on their bench. And it seems like in the last few games, Terry Warren has done that more. I mean, she's she's been playing, uh, obviously, Keandra Brown has gone into the starting lineup with Mackenzie Holmes out, but Chloe Moore-McNeil off the bench, um, along with uh, Caitlin Peterson um, and uh, Grace Wagner. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, they've they've clearly uh, improved, and Terry Moore has clearly rewarded them for that with more playing time. All right, do we have any final predictions for this matchup with Illinois, Amanda? Um, let's see. I feel like I hate predicting things because I feel like I'm always going to be wrong, um, and then I'm going to look silly. Uh, I think that Indiana is going to beat Illinois. I think it's going to be close to a double digit. Uh, margin between points given Indiana's scoring margin compared to Illinois's, Matt, like you mentioned earlier. Um, I think it'll start out possibly a little shaky. I think at some point in the game there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty among Indiana fans um, for one reason or another. I don't know, but that's what I'm feeling. But I think Indiana is going to be able to pull out a win. Yeah, um, I, I already said it. I think Indiana's going to pull out this win. I, I think that's, uh, Amanda, you make a great point. It's Really, this game isn't watched to see if Indiana wins. It's watched to see if Indiana can put a complete game together. Yeah. Um, and not just a really good stretch, and then a little iffy stretch, and then a really good stretch, then a little iffy. Uh, yeah, if they could get a whole 40 minutes of just real good basketball, I think that would really kind of break them out of this little slump they slightly seem to be in. Yes, I also believe Indiana should win this game. And I think it'll be, like, even hobbled Indiana, I feel like, will not really have any problem with Illinois. I mean, no offense to Illinois, but it's Illinois. Um, yeah. Okay, moving on. 
Michigan State, Amanda, what do you see from the Spartans? Okay, so their their most recent loss is against Minnesota. They lost 60-71. Um, going into, so this is one of the rescheduled games for Indiana, so they'll be playing at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Michigan State plays Michigan, who, like we talked about, is now number four in the country on Thursday, and I feel like that game will not go well for Michigan State. And so coming into Assembly Hall on Saturday for them could be very intimidating, could be something to just keep in mind given like the mindset. Obviously, I don't know how Michigan will perform, but that could be a very disheartening game for anybody who plays them. Um, so something to keep in mind. However, uh, Michigan State overall right now is 12-10, and 10, so they do have a winning record. It's not bad, but it's not fantastic. It's not like Indiana or Michigan or any of the other top Big Ten teams. Um, they've lost to Iowa, Purdue, Ohio State, and Maryland. Um, that's not really too surprising for me. Obviously, Iowa, it seems like even though they're number 25, they're beating everybody, or at least making it very good games. Uh, Maryland, we've talked about before. You know how Indiana played against Maryland. That was a tough game as well. Purdue has also had tough games. So I think looking at their records and their wins and their losses, it'll be a, a solid game to watch. Yeah, I mean, this is... It's a bit of a middle-of-the-pack team in the Big Ten. Illinois is kind of towards the bottom of that pack. Uh, Michigan State really kind of in the middle. They can pull off wins. This is a talented team. Um, but, yeah, Indiana's the better team on paper still. One thing that is going for Michigan State, they have Nia Cloudon, um, their point guard. She was named uh, earlier to the Nancy Lieberman Top Ten watch list, which it's the final 10 uh -huh. for the <laughs> most prestigious award for point guards yeah. in the country. Um, Caitlin Clark's also on that list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> list to be yeah. on. Um, Solid. Nia Cloudon also averaging 21.4 points per game, third in the Big Ten, and she's shooting 40 over 42% from deep on high volume. She's really talented. She has the potential to really explode and take over a game. Um, she scored 50 in a game against Florida Gulf Coast earlier. Florida Gulf Coast is now ranked. Where, this isn't like a... What was the final score of that game? A now whole I'm, bunch to a whole... Okay. It went into double okay. team. Okay, I remember. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, she has the potential to really go off against talented teams. Slowing her down will be a very big key for Indiana, and it'll also kind of show how, I mean, Michigan State... Really, they're if they're gonna win, they need Nia Cloud and do really well. Well, looking at the, I just looked up the score. Um, it was 85-84 Florida Gulf Coast, and she had 50 points out of 84. So they they really are gonna need her to step up to have a good game, I think. Yeah, and uh, I mean it. It'll also kind of give a good preview of uh, you know how IU will defend Caitlin Clark next week because. Obviously, when you have a team that is so heavily dominated by one guard, it changes how you defend. I wonder, because Terry Moore talked about this yesterday in terms of Allie Patberg putting her on the opponent's best perimeter player, if we're going to see Patberg take on Cloud and take on Caitlin Clark, or if that's going to be a Nicole Cardone-Hillary job. Um, I feel like they do have some, some range in the defense Indiana does of how they can guard, but it'll be interesting to see if Patberg is called upon to step up into that role again. Alrighty, final predictions for this game, Amanda. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say Indiana will win this game. I think it's gonna be. I said this against uh, for Illinois too, but even more so Michigan State. It's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be 
tough. I'm going to guess that Michigan State is going to come in and really want to win, assuming we can predict what happens against Michigan. And just overall, everybody wants to beat one of the top teams in the country. Um, but I think Indiana is going to be able to succeed. They're going to be back at Assembly Hall, hopefully a decent amount of fans, even though it will be at almost the same time as the men's team, um, which is very unfortunate. They both play Michigan State, though, which is funny. But I, I do think that, that Indiana will be able to pull out a win, and Matt, like you said, it'll be a good way to prepare for Iowa and Caleb Clark. Yeah, um, Indiana's the better team. I think they'll pull off the win here against Michigan State. I don't think it'll be a blowout or anything like that. I mean, Nia Cloudin, I think that's the key to the game. I mentioned that, just slowing her down. She's going to score. That's just a fact. You're not going to hold her to zero points. It's just, can you... Uh, you know, avoid a killer game from her. Um, and I think Indiana will manage to do that and pull off the one. All right, I agree with both of you. I think it might be a bit closer than, say, Illinois, um, but I do believe Indiana should beat Michigan State. All right, that was this week's Payoff Podcast. One last time, I'm Luke. This is Amanda. This is Matt. Thanks so much for listening this week. Stay tuned. Bye. Bye.